0: You're listening to the 12 Days of Crusade Miss 2022 brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. trekking. Hello and welcome to the second day of the 12 Days of Crusademus for 2022, brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusademus is our gift to the podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus, we'll bring you a hidden gem of a comic series, Brought to you either by one of our Holly Jolly co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests. Until we get all the way to December 25th, the big day, a Christmas day. And I'm your host for the second day of Crusademus, Jason Albright, the Weasel Skull. And as always, here are three jolly little elves joining me for today's unwrapping. And we'll go ahead and start with the Founder of the Long Box Crusade, Pat DJ Cristados,
1: Samson, DJ Cristados. How are you this holiday season? Well, Jason, I'm, I'm doing good. Merry Christmas season to you as well. As I started in episode one, I'd like to do another rendition of reading from the "Twas the Night Before crusademus as we nestle here by the fire, and let us continue. The LBC crew were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of bits and bits danced in their heads. And MJ in her kerchief and Sean in his terry cloth onesie and cap had just finished their drinks and got ready for a long winter's nap. More to continue on the next episode. Oh.
0: Liking it so mm. far, liking mm. where it's going. All right, well, let's continue around the horn here. Let's go right to my brother from my actual mother, my little brother, my good friend and co-host, Jared Albright, a.k.a. Death Probe, sometimes known as the Yard Sale Artist. Jared, how are you this holiday season? Oh, I'm loving it. I'm really getting into pets. It was the night before Crusade ratings. It's kind of entertaining,
2: isn't it? I'm really proud of what he's done with that, and I'm excited to hear more. As usual, I'll bring bad Christmas jokes. Tonight's bad Christmas joke. What is the first thing that you
0: learn when you go to elf school? I don't know the answer to the question, but I actually did attend an elf school when I was in Iceland. Just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) And what did you learn? <laughs> <laughs> I learned that the country of Iceland has a lot of traditions going back to their pagan rituals. They really do believe in rock trolls and, and elves and other creatures. And uh, it's very really interesting. But anyway, well, what was the answer to your question, Jared? Well, the answer <laughs> is they learn the alphabet. Uh, the alphabet. Uh, uh, alphabet. alphabet. All right. Back Just to my story about... Jack holes. <laughs> 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 All right. And finishing out the crew, we have my good friend Delvin the Dark Web Williams. Delvin, how are you this holiday season?
3: I'm okay. I'll be even better once I shoot my router and get a new one. It's going to be that new Christmas song that, you know, you may not have heard yet. Router got ran over by a reindeer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh. Oh, goodness. Well, maybe you'll get one for Christmas there, Delvin. Normally, it's just us four, but this is crusade time, so we always bring a guest. And this episode, we're bringing Aaron Henley to join us today around this fireplace. Welcome, Aaron. Hello, hello. I've got my little Snuggie.
4: I've got my Coco. This is such a... Wait a second. I should have brought the candy canes. I knew it. I. Hello. That's
0: all right. We keep spares. Mary Jane, why don't you bring us in some extra
1: candy canes?
0: I'm coming, baby. Here I come. Pat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, Mary Jane.
0: Did you uh, think all of those uh, Christmas lights that I gave you last time?
1: Mm-hmm, yep, it got them up, got them up, yep. I'm a little ahead of times this time, Mary Jane, so.
0: Okay, I only asked because I do not see a Christmas tree in the corner over there. You know we have to have a Christmas tree. Now, come on, man, hurry up. Get the, get the tree out of the basement, bring it upstairs, and set up the Christmas tree. I want that done by next time, baby. You got it?
1: Okay, okay, yep, yep, I'll, I'll all talk right. to Clinton.
0: Here the crate candy. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who's this fella over here? I recognize you three, but who's this guy? My um, name is Aaron, ma'am. I'm what a, was I'm it a... before you changed it? Mary Jane. Come on. <laughs> Every time. Uh, in uh, peace, Sean. All right. Well, thank you, Aaron. What do you have gift wrapped in that stocking?
4: We're gonna be unwrapping. Star Trek, The Next Generation, Mirror Broken, issue number one, which came from IDW Publishing in 2017. This was originally written by David and Scott Tipton with art by J.K. Woodward and edited by Sarah Gatos. Part of the reason why I love this book was this kind of hit right when I really started to get into TNG watching the show on Netflix. In the first season of TNG, it's it's rough. Picard was a bit wishy-washy. I mean, he surrenders the ship in the first 10 minutes. This comic series pretty much puts all of the fan complaints right out the airlock because we see a Captain Picard who not only has the same intelligence as our classic Captain, but he also has the brutality of Conan the barbarian after someone has drank all the ale and he can't find a wench within a hundred miles. These people and characters, they're bred for war and conquest. They're not bred for peaceful coexistence, but we still do see some of what we know from the classic versions, what we come to know and love from these characters. This was just kind of a neat little trip into the Mirror Universe. TNG never touched it. It really got popular again with DS9. So this is just kind of a nice little what-if story. A comic, again, is nothing without the art, and this is beautiful art. Every panel, it's it's painting-type style, and each panel has rich detail. The characters are recognizable but they're not photo referenced. Before I really get going into the summary, have any of you ever read a Star Trek comic before? And I'll start off with Jared. I have read
2: some Star Trek comics before. I was really shocked to find out how good the 80s DC run was. I passed on those back in the early to mid 80s and I picked up some of those recently and I was like, wow, these are are really good. And then jump forward to the mid 90s, I've read a couple of Deep Space Nine comics, but after that, not much. So this IDW run and this take on uh, next generation slash mirror universe thing, I'm um, pretty cool and unique. So I've read a fair amount of Star Trek, but
0: not this specific Star Trek. Jason. I have read some Star Trek comics. In fact, for listeners, I'm holding up a a copy of Star Trek Dead of Honor, which I just finished. If you're wishing you could see the cover, join our Crusaders Club because uh, I did and I finished it on it. And you can see the whole thing at that point.
1: Shameless plug. Just in the little thumbnail, I
4: saw it's a beautiful cover.
1: Pat? I have not read any Star Trek comics. But like Jared, I found some and I think Jared has actually provided me some as well, too, from the 80s that I am really looking forward to getting into.
4: And finally, someone I've really wanted to talk to since I first heard his voice on the Transformers coverage,
3: Delvin. Uh, No, I've not read any uh, Star Trek comics. I'm pretty sure that the guys here know that I'm very much a Star Wars guy anyway.
4: Let's just do a quick little summary of this issue. It's issue one. The rundown and decrepit the Terran Empire has managed to endure into the 24th century. We find in his quarters aboard the ISS Stargazer, Captain John luc Picard contemplating the importance of patience and counter plans before he is summoned to the bridge. On the bridge of the ship, Lieutenant Commander Data draws Picard's attention to a damaged Galor-class cruiser limping on the outskirts of the Earth's solar system. Picard orders an intercept and the stargazer attacks the cruiser and takes out the uh, entire crew by flushing them into space while saving two random crewmen for interrogation. So they arrive in Mars orbit and Picard leads a little team down to the planet to turn in his captives and get his money for capturing this Cardassian ship. The Acquisitions Officer isn't really singing Picard's praises. Ever since the collapse of the Empire, it's been losing resources with every governmental department essentially becoming a fiefdom, picking over the scraps of the dying carcass. They make their way through the Starbase, and Data decides to put his captain's advice of creating an opportunity by punching through a wall and hacking into the station's... (laughs) Computer systems to discover whether or not there's anything worthwhile shows that the galaxy class ship named the Enterprise does exist and the technology aboard outruns anything even the Klingons and Cardassians have. So this is truly the most advanced ship the humanity has ever had. Unfortunately, Data doesn't know where the Enterprise is. But Picard is unwilling to let such a prize slip through his fingers, and he makes a desperate look for any useful information and sees a familiar name on the Enterprise's manifest, Lieutenant Jory LaForge. Picard and Data drop by and tell him of their plans. Though LaForge isn't exactly a people person, he's willing to swallow his pride to work with Picard because the captain was always a fair man to him, but in exchange for his help, he wants to be the ship's chief engineer. With lavish quarters, and the second highest share of all profits. Picard agrees. On the surface of Mars, outside the base, LaForge shows Picard where the Enterprise is in orbit, surrounded by a cloaking net. So we get our first look at the new ship, and it's a little bit of an impressive cliffhanger.
1: What did you guys think of this issue, Pat? I did like it. I thought it was just like watching a episode of Star Trek. I've been lately going through all the episodes of Enterprise, and been enjoying it and sometimes catching the next generation as well, too, on Pluto because just, they just have that thing streaming. So I've been watching some of those episodes as well, too. So I thought this was a very good take on it. I didn't know that they never went to the mirror universe for next generation. So Mm-mm. very interesting. I really like how they got their guns out in this one. You should read the next issue. <laughs> it's even more impressive.
4: Okay, Jared, how about
1: you?
2: I enjoyed this one. I've seen all the original Star Treks, all the Next Generations, and I'm almost done with Deep Space Nine. And I like this one particularly because I find Next Generation to be the weakest link in that chain thus far. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there who are just up in arms and hate me now,
4: but... Oh, I, I've got my army helmet ready for... for. The, <laughs> be, beware of the comment section on this one. <laughs> all
2: right. My biggest problem with Next Generation, although it was enjoyable, was it's a show where everybody agrees all the time. And there's mm-hmm. very little conflict conflict in the crew members and the rare moments are our conflict is when it gets interesting and this story arc because it is dark mirror universe it's kind of it's like all conflict it's not like the star trek where, like you know hey we gotta get laforge he's my guy it was like who can get what out of who it's absolute leverage for power at every turn and i'm like sadly this single issue is more interesting to me than most the star trek next generation episodes (laughs) excellent read i enjoyed it immensely
4: that's cool delvin please
3: I enjoyed it as well, even though it was somewhat funny seeing Picard with the sleeves cut off of him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, I forgot to mention,
4: <laughs> no one in this country like, wears sleeves. Sleeves are apparently banned in the
3: 24th yeah, it, century. It was a pretty bad attempt to show that he was like the new bad picard you know like look i left weights (laughs) like okay man (laughs) that little bit of cynicism aside this was it was it's interesting to see just if you turn something just on its ear just a little bit how different the story kind of turns out because picard was the same picard data was the same data really just a little bit blurred lines with the morality and That made for an interesting difference. It really did. I know that at the end of the story, I thought two things. One, it felt like a Star Trek story very much. And two, I was like, oh, that was the last page. I definitely wouldn't have minded if it would have just gone on to the second issue right away. So those are two very, very good signs that it was a good and intriguing story.
0: And finally, Jason, number one, it seems like uh, several of us have started rediscovering our love for Star Trek during the course of this pandemic. I've been watching Next Generation myself. I'm at season five right now. I caught some things in here that really tickled my tummy feathers, as we say. I like the fact that Picard was in command of the Stargazer, which was a callback to his first command. I thought that was cool. I liked uh, Ensign Barkley was uh, Yeah, I like ship. seeing
1: Barkley as well, too. Yeah, yeah. he was
0: the TAC officer. Mm-hmm. So that was cool seeing him. I also liked, because I had just finished watching the original series, and I liked seeing the callback to the Dark Mirror universe. And it kind of made me wonder if Spock in the original series hadn't changed and begun to influence a progressive development like would the dark mirror universe be in this predicament now? Because it almost seems like they've progressed to a point, but they're not so far that they're sophisticatedly enlightened, but they've Kind of giving away a lot of their warrior ways so they're no longer conquerors. So they're kind of walking that middle path and getting squashed is what it seemed like to me just from the first issue. So it was a very thought-provoking first issue for me. They kind of
4: reminded me of like buccaneers and and pirates more than world conquerors.
0: That's a good point. That's a real good point. Because like you said, Jordy, he wants the largest share of the, of whatever loot that they can commandeer in their adventures, uh, aside from the captain, of course. The other thing was the art you talked about it. That was the first thing that really stuck out to me particularly the opening scene with that space battle. It is something really phenomenal to behold. It can be difficult to really portray that motion and that action in space in a comic book format, but I really felt like I could see that battle playing out on the big screen. For those who
4: haven't read the book, Data shoots out both the shuttle bay and the life support system, causing a massive air pressure loss, which just blows all the crewmen out of the ship through the open shuttle bay.
0: Well, there is There's a cold calculating reason for that, too, as he said, because they only care about the ship. They want the bounty and the people are just in the way. So the most expedient way to end that battle is to vacate the crew in the most gruesome way possible.
1: His name really is Captain Picard. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Let me just bring us back from that with one more question. <laughs> one more question. Uh, as far as I remember, and Jason and Aaron can correct me because you guys are clearly closer to Next Generation. I watched it once all the way through, probably six years ago. Cardassians don't get introduced until Deep Space Nine. No, no, Is- they're they're in- now they're in- are they in. Next generation? I didn't remember that. At all like I just I thought they came in Deep Space Nine for some oh, reason. Oh no, no! So I no, thought that didn't. was like I, okay. So I got to take a cool point away from the book. I was like, oh, they're kind of blending things early, but I guess I'd forgotten that about uh, yeah. next. There gen- are well, you know, four lights. <laughs> oh, was that them? They were <laughs> That's the four them. lights. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha. We getting straight nerdy up in here, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get and some my- Mountain Dew with the Doritos.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to rate the interest you guys may have in this series and I was handed the note on the official Crusademus candy cane scale. So, on a scale of one to twelve candy canes, twelve being extremely interested and one being of no interest at all to any of you, how many candy canes would all of you like to uh, rate your interest in pursuing more issues at this time? Now, this was originally just a mini-series of uh, six issues and it's all collected in a trade. And in fact, there were two more sequel series after this and that's just been collected recently in an omnibus.
3: So we'll start with you, Delvin. I'll keep it relatively short. Let's go 11. Fantastic story and it had me intrigued and I absolutely do want to know what happens uh, with this rogue crew and how they steal the Enterprise.
1: Pat. I'm going to go with 10 on this. I'm interested, like Delvin, if I find some in the bins, I will grab them.
4: I don't think you'd have a problem finding them in in the back issues, especially since it's a more recent series. Jared
2: go with 10 on this I feel like if I find these in the back issue bins I'm gonna grab them
0: and finally Jason I'm gonna use my usual scale a humor heart spectacle and art I gotta say that it's kind of a humorless book and that's one of the things that I wish I could have seen a little bit of a little bit of humor in there so no candy canes for humor, but I'm going full threes on art, spectacle, and art, because number one, it's Star Trek. So you're getting three hearts from me. Spectacle, we talked about it. Art, we've talked about it. And I'll give you an extra point for actually having more words in your synopsis than the story had in its uh, script. So, <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. I, I, well, once I said... Re- it alone. When I was rereading and I was like, I remember this thing a lot longer. And then I remembered I, mic- I was fusing a few issue points together because... You yeah, I'll, the first issue is a bit of a fast read and it is a little drier and the next issue it, it brings in more humor and it, it's dark humor but it gets a little bit more fun. Picard even gets a one-liner after killing a guy.
0: See, I'll see that. I'm at 10 candy canes easy here. I'm interested in checking out this omnibus of which you speak. And uh, yeah, thanks for bringing a great book to the show.
4: Let me just give you one final recommendation. If you're still on the fence about checking this out, next issue, Picard recruits Riker. And this is bearded Riker. That was different from season one. He's Mm -hmm. got the beard right off the gate, and he's got like these little Viking braids in it. I was hoping Lamb Chops
1: or something, like Lamb Chops Riker, would be cool.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, to get Riker on board, Picard has to recruit him for the capier, and he does it in the most interesting way possible. They beat the tar out of each other in a cantina
0: brawl.
3: I'd watch
4: that. uh, Especially with Guns
3: Picard over there, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. That will wrap up day two of the 12 Days of Crusade Miss. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show, or if you gave one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think about it. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. It's all at Longbox Crusade. You can also email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And if you want to go old school and you got one of those dial phones stuck to the wall, pick it up and call 707 532 five two six nine that's seven oh seven five three two l box gentlemen i love it and if you're loving crusade miss and didn't get a chance to listen last year or just want to hear more If you scroll far enough back on our feed, you can find all the episodes from Christmas past. All right, moonwalk it with me. 2021, check. 2020, check. 2019, check. 2018, check. 2017, check. 2016. I was looking to see if you were paying attention because we started in 2017. (laughs) But no 2016.
2: That's, (laughs) I leave to him. (laughs)
0: I think
4: I'm supposed to wrap this all up and put a little bow on it. Everyone, thank you all for listening to some strange guy stopping by. I appreciate the invite, guys. It was fun hanging out with you guys, talking a little Trek. And everyone, be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gist is under the tree. I tried shaking it and looking at it, but it's lead-lined. I couldn't get through it. So I'm looking forward to finding out what it is with you guys. Until next time, DJ, play one of my f- jams, buddy.
2: Wicked, 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 wicked,
1: Song clips and characters discuss Are copyright of their respective copyright holders And no infringement is intended We are
0: just fans that like to share our love of comics Outtakes Alright well let's continue around the horn here Let's go to my brother From another mother Delvin the Dark Web Williams Delvin how are you this holiday season?
2: Uh, He's dropped out He's rebooting his uh, computer
3: Internet was acting fine by the way The entire day <laughs> it came time here i was like i'm going to prepare i'm going to reset everything is still
4: <clears throat> also if i had read the script a little bit closer i would have understood what the whole point of two trekkers trekking was <laughs> cuz i was like i don't know any star trek songs <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can do another take on, on Two Trekkers Trekking and not make up your own song this time if you want. Uh, edit. <laughs> you sing, it, sing it right here. I can cut it out.
4: out Here's and an it edit. In Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Two Trekkers Trekking across the universe. Mm-mm. All right, so, got it. Now, you do realize this is sung to
2: the, to the, <laughs> to the 12 days of Christmas. Oh,
4: oh. I, so You like, need to give me
2: some detailed script notes. <laughs> there's only 60 other episodes you could have listened to. <laughs>
4: Again, with <laughs> what so you're
2: going to want to go with is Two
0: Trekkers Trekking
4: <laughs> Oh, that makes more sense now
0: yeah. And No offense, Aaron But 60 <laughs> out of 60 have uh, gotten it First try. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, <laughs> 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 leave Aaron alone alone Okay <clears throat> <clears throat> Go for it, Aaron Two Trekkers
4: Trekking And a long box in the Crusade